seconds left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 38 of the Eye of the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and we're going to keep this one brief because after a 96-71 drubbing in Cincinnati at the Cintas Center, there's really not much to say. In what seems to be a theme for St. John's this year, nothing is coming easy and nothing is working the way that it's supposed to. St. John's prior to this game was supposed to arrive in Cincinnati on Friday. They were supposed to get there shortly before 5 o'clock on Friday, get in, have a shoot around. On Friday, they had two flight cancellations. Who knows? Perhaps that Chinese balloon that was floating overhead and the FAA getting involved didn't allow them to fly to Cincinnati. Who knows? On Saturday at 1.15 a.m., they checked into a Newark hotel. At 11 o'clock, they were supposed to depart. They didn't land in Cincinnati until 12.31 on Saturday, and they arrived at the Cintas Center at 3.33 p.m. for a 5 o'clock tip. To make matters worse... While all these travel issues were going on, David Jones found out the passing of his father and left to be with his family in the Dominican Republic. Our thoughts and prayers are absolutely with David. We cannot imagine what he is going through. And obviously, basketball is very much secondary for him at this time. So St. John's already had the tough task of going on the road to play the best team in the Big East in the Xavier Musketeers, a team that already beat you early in the year. And now you're shorthanded. You're without David Jones. You're already without Montez Mathis, who has gone for the year. Posh Alexander is recovering from that ankle injury. Rafael Pinzon, same thing. Both would be available and both would play. Unfortunately, it didn't seem to matter who played. And unless Chris Mullen and Mark Jackson and Walter Berry were walking through that door and Luke Karnaseka was coming on the sidelines, it really did not matter as St. John's would get thoroughly embarrassed. 96-71. to 71. And let me tell you, that final score absolutely did not dictate how close the game was if Xavier wanted to they could have scored 130 in this game I don't know about you but I feel pretty confident in saying that I speak for the majority of the fan base when I say that I'm sick and tired of coming on here and talking to people about St. John's getting absolutely embarrassed whether it's on FS1 or on Fox in front of a national audience St. John's getting absolutely embarrassed and further cementing how bad this team is and how far behind this program is right now this was not supposed to be the case this year game in and game out st john's is finding different ways to lose they are showing that they are not a united team they are showing that they are not playing for each other they are absolutely showing that they are not playing for this coach and they have shown that they have quit in far too many games this season that is beyond unacceptable and it all still stems from the head coach the fish rots from the head, and when the team plays like this, all fingers get pointed in one direction. It is very clear to see what the issue is right now. The effort on the court, the way kids are acting in the huddles, 
The lack of direction, the lack of leadership all points again to Mike Anderson. And anybody with two eyes and two ears can see all the issues that have plagued this team all season. A team that was picked sixth in the conference, a team that started 10 and 1, a team that a team that brought in a high-end four-star freshman, a team that brought in two top 25 transfers, a team that was bringing the core of its roster from last season back. This team was supposed to be a tournament team. This team was supposed to be a contender in the Big East. This team was supposed to be a lot better than getting blown out over and over again. This team was supposed to be better, period, point blank. And we should not be talking about this season being worse than last season, not in year four. And unfortunately, there seems to be no more options left on the table. There is no talking about a miracle run. There's no talking about running the table. There is no talking about winning the Big East tournament. I refuse to entertain these conversations. St. John's has proven that they do not have the heart. They do not have the mental. They do not have the horses to get the job done, whether it's on the sideline or on the court. St. John's is not the team that we thought they were supposed to be, and it kills me to say that as somebody that has supported this team and will continue to support this team no matter matter what the record is but man it is killing me to continue to watch this team absolutely roll over and die and get embarrassed on tv and not fight and not show any effort and not be in these games there is no excuse for that there really isn't so St. John's flew into Cincinnati to take on Xavier for the second time this year. Xavier, of course, without Zach Fremantle. That was the big news that came out last week. Fremantle going to be missing a month with a foot injury, but that would not matter whatsoever as St. John's would fall 96-71. Much like the first game, Xavier simply proved to be the more talented team, the more hungry team, and by far the better coached team. In the first game in Queens, which was the all-access game on F that everybody got to go into the huddles and hear both coaches. We heard Sean Miller diagram plays, design plays, talk about plays, and you really got a sense of the differences between what a really, really strong coach team looks like, sounds like, acted like versus St. John's. This would just be a continuation of that. Xavier got any shot that they wanted again. That was the theme in the first game, where any shot that they wanted, and of course they had Fremantle in that game, but Fremantle and Nunji were killing St. John's. Sule Boom was a problem in the first game. And in this game, Xavier just continued. They were getting good shots. They were getting wide open looks all day at three, and they made St. John's pay. But you know what? It's one thing to get easy looks and get open. It's another thing when the defense allows you to do so. And that's where my big problem is, is that St. John's did not play any defense. It's been far too often this season that we have talked about this team, this St. John's team, where this fallacy that Mike Anderson is bringing this defensive mindset to Queens. St. John's is not a defensive team. St. John's hasn't played defense for the majority of this season. St. John's did not try to guard Xavier whatsoever. There was no effort to guard Xavier. They left more guys wide open than I think I've ever seen in a game. And you just allowed Creighton to score 104 points on you the other day. Xavier could have probably gone way over that if they wanted to. Xavier could have easily gone over 100 and I think really could have gotten to like 120, 130. That was the type of defense or lack thereof that St. John's played all game. I thought Xavier had an awesome plan right out the gate. We saw it that every time Joel Soriano would catch the ball in the paint, they collapsed on him and they brought two or three guys to not let him have a clean look at the basket. He was frustrated again and it continued to be a game plan of frustrate Joel Soriano and let anybody else 
else beat you, which I think was smart. Xavier would bring at least one guy, and then Joel wouldn't be able to react quick enough to it. He wouldn't be able to kick it out to the top of the key or to the wings where there would be a wide open guy because he's being doubled, and that would lead to a turnover or a bad shot or a forced shot or just a scrum and having St. John's to scramble. The theme for St. John's again all year, missing layups, bad defense, For whatever reason, St. John's has this unbelievably poor habit. And again, this goes back to coaching. St. John's does not fight over screens. They go under screens. And if you go under screens, you are inherently giving a player space to hit a shot. You are giving them the space to make a wide open look. And we would see that happen time after time. I don't understand why, after the first few times that St. John's did that, Mike Anderson and this staff did not tell these players that they have to start fighting over the screens. They allowed so many wide open threes because they were in poor position. The differences in offensive sets in the half court between Xavier and St. John's was unbelievable. Our players are just standing around, not moving, not passing the ball around or setting hard screens. Meanwhile, Xavier is bumping guys off their spots. Xavier is getting open looks and they're hitting their threes. It was a masterclass in what to do versus what not to do if you want to be a successful basketball team. Again, this was another game where the commentators were simply roasting St. John's and calling them out for their poor play. One of the announcers early in the game said there's a fine line between playing fast and taking bad shots. If that's not the motto for St. John's all year, I don't know what is. St. John's looked completely disorganized and out of control, which is easy to see when you're losing. But man, this is an identity crisis issue. In a game like this where you need to be at your best, you can't be literally at your worst. I just don't get it, and I sound like a broken record, and I hate it because I'm trying to find new ways to talk about it, but man, this is a mental toughness issue. This is a coaching issue. It all goes back to it. There is such a lack of fundamentals being taught or practiced from the looks of it on this team, game in, game out. About 13 minutes into the game, St. John's had no fast break points. They had no bench points, and they didn't get to the line once. It was 23-8 to with 12.38 left to play, and it felt like the game was beyond over. You're eight minutes into the game, and it's over. Jack Nungy hits a wide-open three out of a timeout to put Xavier up 40-26, to and of course the announcers say no one better out of a timeout than Sean Miller. St. John's first half would be full of rushed shots, bad shots, and missed layups. How many times have we heard that before? You had a half with no Zach Fremantle. Xavier's best player, Sule Boom, one of the best transfers in the country from UTEP, only had two points in the first half. And you still gave up almost 50 points in the first half. 49-30 to 30 was the first half score. It's really tiring to keep talking about this. I'm emotionally exhausted watching this team play this year. There is no hope to hold on to. There is no shred of postseason play. You're watching a team over and over again give up. You're watching a team over and over again look like they don't belong on the same court. You are watching a team that does not look like they can hang in this conference. You are watching a coach get outcoached and outclassed every single game. When is enough enough and when do we stop being a national laughingstock and embarrassment with the way that we play basketball? I guess the only positive you could say in the first half, AJ Store had about 10 points. Played a bunch of minutes in this game, but man, nobody was good in this one. In the first half, Kobe Jones and Jack Nungy had 25 points and were 5 of 7 from 3. 
Posh Alexander is shooting threes and jumpers and they're not even hitting the rim. He is clanking them off the backboard. I have no clue what has happened to Posh Alexander and his offense, but it has certainly not been here this year. Xavier shot 60% from the floor in the first half, 17 for 28, and they were 7 of 13 from three. On the flip side, St. John's and their rushed shots only made 13 shots from the floor, 36%, 2 of 6 from 3. It's depressing. It's disheartening. I, I just, I don't know what else to say. I mean, look, the second half starts with a wide open Sule boom three, an absolute wide open Sule boom three because of what I said earlier. Posh Alexander went under a screen when he absolutely didn't have to. There was no seal that didn't give him the space to go over the screen. He simply made the wrong decision and Sule boom hits a wide open three. Anderson calls a timeout 90 seconds into the half when it's 56 to 33. The game was over. What was said at halftime? What was the message? Because it certainly didn't resonate. It certainly didn't get them hyped up. And they certainly didn't play better. Joel Soriano was airballing layups. Sule Boom hits wide open back-to-back threes. St. John's isn't closing out. They're completely out of position. Jack Nungies continues to hit wide open threes. It was a 30-point game before you even knew it. 67-37. And you look at this Xavier team and you realize why they're going to be talked about as an Elite Eight team. As a Sweet 16 team, at the very least, this team makes passes with a purpose. They lead the nation in assists. They had 26 assists in this game, and they absolutely play like a team, a team that looks like they've been together, that practices, that does everything crisply. And St. John's looks like a team that doesn't want to be on the court, that doesn't want to play for each other, that doesn't have any respect for the game of basketball because they gave up another game where they gave up and as a fan that's not okay how do you as a coaching staff fix a team that gives up with seven games left in the season you simply don't you have lost the team when you have a group of players that do that it's a direct reflection of you as a coaching staff it is a direct reflection of you as a head coach mike anderson i'm sorry but it's true there is nothing to hide when a team just simply goes through the motions the whole world saw you go through the motions yesterday st john's st john's is now 14 and 10 eighth in the big east only behind DePaul, Butler, and Georgetown. They are 4-9 and nine in the Big East in what is now definitely, to me, a more disappointing season than last year. Dylan Adaiwusu and AJ Store both led St. John's in scoring with 14 apiece, but man, there was not much else from anybody in this game. Jack Nungie had 21 points. Kobe Jones had 19 points. Xavier made 32 field goals in the game. You want to know how good and how much of a team this is? On those 32 field goals, 26 of them were assisted. That is a complete team. That is a team that plays together. And man, St. John's, if you want to watch some tape and you want to learn how to become a team, watch Sean Miller and watch what Xavier is doing because we are a far cry from that. It is depressing. It is sad. Again, like I said, I'm emotionally exhausted continuing talking about these losses, watching this team find new ways to lose, and I simply have no tolerance for a team that gives up. Up next for St. John's is another clash with Butler on Tuesday at 8.30 on the road at the Hinkle Fieldhouse. Who knows what team will show up, but if it's the one that showed up on Saturday, you can tack on another loss. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go Johnnies!